0: Welcome to the Big Ten on Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 FM, uh, Caldwell, Boise. I'm your host today, Luke Fowler, here with my co host, Jackie Kettler, um, and fellow colleague at the School of Public Service at Boise State. We got an exciting show today, going to be talking about some mountain biking and recreational activities with our special guest, who I'm going to let Jackie introduce.
1: Well, this is, you know, a thrill for me to have Carlos Matutes here who is the Executive Director of the Southwestern Idaho Mountain Biking Association, also known as SWIMBA. Um, so Carlos, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you here.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So uh, Carlos, uh, tell us how you got involved with mountain biking to start, because that's a, it's an interesting topic and an interesting hobby, right? It is. Uh,
2: so I've been mountain biking for close to 30 years. Um, Starting in South Texas, of all places, a place with no mountains, (laughs) so it's somewhat ironic. I've always loved cycling, and uh, Boise is absolutely the best place I've ever lived, and I've lived all over the country. This is the best place I've ever lived for mountain biking.
0: And why is that? Anything
2: particular? There's a couple of things. One, we have wonderful terrain for mountain biking we have an amazing trail network that is in part publicly funded. Uh, the Ridge to Rivers uh, collaborative governance includes Boise Parks and Rec, Land Trust of the Treasure Valley, Bureau of Land Management and U.S. Forest Service together to create the 180-some-odd trails just in our local foothills network, not to mention Bogus Basin, not to mention the Avamore community out on the west side of town. We really uh, we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to trails
0: yeah i'll tell you uh so having moving moved here from georgia and grew up in mississippi i was really shocked to see like the level of development in <laughs> the, the parks and the, the foothills and they're just i mean really amazing they're really cool places to go out and hike and i'm not a mountain biker I'm, i'll probably kill myself if i get on a mountain <laughs> bike but it, it's it's fun to go out there and hike and they're really well well developed but that a uh, collaborative governance aspect is really interesting to me and always has been how there's just a lot of different people involved particularly like the public private um and all the kind of different actors that are involved
2: it really is fascinating and And we have not had a lot of private ownership of trails in our area yet, but that is definitely coming with some of our new trail projects that we have coming up in the next year or two.
1: Great. Well, um, so that's all fascinating. Do you want to talk a little bit about Swimba, your organization, kind of the goals, membership, those types of things?
2: I would love to. So we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We have traditionally for the last 26 years been primarily a trail building organization. That is still one of our main missions. But since I joined as executive director in June, we have altered that focus. Right now, we are primarily an advocacy group. Secondarily, we're an education group. And thirdly, we're an access group. So we are advocating on behalf of mountain bikers throughout the Treasure Valley, throughout the Southwest Idaho area to maintain our rights on the trails that are already existing. We do have a couple of trails that are hiker only and that's okay. We believe that that is completely fine to have some trails that aren't uh, allowed to have bikes on but we want to make sure that we don't get pushed off of too many of those. Since I came on in June... Uh, We've changed the focus of our community, of our uh, organization, and the vision of our organization to be uh, a diverse and inclusive mountain bike community. We can't just have mountain biking be the same, no offense, middle-aged white guys. Uh, You can't just replace the middle-aged white guys with more middle-aged white guys. And I say that as a middle-aged off-white guy. Uh, We want to have more women, we want to have more girls, we want to have more people of color on bikes, and we want to make our community a friendly place to have everyone out on the trails. And not just those of us on bikes, we are a little biased, but we also want to make sure that the trail community, whether it be mountain bikers, hikers, equestrians, dog walkers, that we all have a place and that we all respect each other and that we all respect, more importantly, the trails themselves.
0: So... Uh when you talk about uh, the education part of that, I-, I thought that was very interesting. What all are you doing uh, to kind of educate? I mean, is it just mountain bikers or is it, is it those trail communities as a whole? Like, Can you talk more about your activities in, in that?
2: Well, thank, thank you very much for asking about that because I, I think that's a, a really important part of our mission. We are doing a lot of trail classes for mountain bikers, skill clinics, but we have a big mission to make sure that we educate other trail users in trail etiquette, Uh, making sure that they know that we're going to be there, but also to make sure that mountain bikers understand how to be good trail stewards and good members of our community. Uh, The last thing that we need is a mountain biker blowing through a group of hikers and hurting somebody, uh, whether it be the mountain biker or the hikers. Somebody's going to get hurt, and so part of our educational mission is to make sure that that doesn't happen.
1: And what are some of those etiquette suggestions or or kind of needs for those who are mountain biking? So we have
2: uh, the, the general rules of the trail, which are a little fluid, but what we like to make sure to emphasize is that mountain bikers yield to everyone. We yield to hikers we yield to equestrians, and we yield to any uphill mountain biker if we're going downhill. Uh, There's a couple of things that I believe a lot of people here in Idaho aren't familiar with. Growing up in Texas, I I grew up riding around a lot of horses, surprisingly (laughs) enough. So there is a certain etiquette when approaching a horse And as we grow as a city, as we have more pressure on our trails, these conflicts may come up more often. So as a mountain biker, when you see a a person on a horse, the, the etiquette is to stop, talk to the person, because horses don't know what the heck that is. It looks like some sort of weird amalgam of human and machine. (laughs) So it's best to use a human voice to make sure that the horse is comfortable with you. And talk to the the rider. They will always tell you what they would like to see. Some horses are perfectly comfortable with mountain bikers going by. Some are new to it and may freak out a little bit.
1: Interesting, and so what are some of the ways that you try to educate the community on on these rules?
2: Well, speaking engagements are a, are a big one, but we are in the process of completely revamping our website uh, and our social media platform. So at the beginning of the year, we will be launching a brand new site, uh, which will have uh, educational videos, we will have a calendar of events because a lot of these uh, bits of etiquette and training are best handled in person. So we have a, a whole new community outreach coming up electronically on both our website and social media.
1: Excellent! That sounds really exciting. Um, we're going to talk more about the growth element here later in the show. Um, but um, you know, why why is it important to have you know some of these types of recreational groups in a in a in a city like Boise? Well,
2: Boise is somewhat unique in the fact that we are a very, very outdoor focused community. The people who recreate outdoors are voters. And for me personally, our environmental and ecological system has to be protected, whether it is from recreation or from development. So the more that we get voters out there, the more that we get our constituents out there on the trails, the more they understand how important it is for a city growing as quickly as boise is to have this as sort of a a place to escape the the running around the business uh school what have you
0: so interesting stuff carlos uh but we have to take a quick break um not unfortunately because wayne told me i couldn't say that anymore but we have to take a, a quick break and we'll be back in just a minute
1: Hi, I'm Werner Herzog from Bavaria, and you're listening to
2: KRBX 89.9 FM Caldwell,
1: Boise, community radio for Boise and beyond.
0: Welcome back to The Big Tent on Radio Boise. Um, And we're uh, here today talking about mountain biking, which is a a nice departure from the rather morbid topics that we've been talking about lately. So, uh, yeah, it's fun to actually talk about something that is exciting and fun rather than something that's sad and depressing.
1: Yeah, and we're here with Carlos Matutez, the executive director for SWIMBA, who, and you were mentioning advocacy as an important part of your of your organization, and one thing I know you've been working some on is the Military Reserve Park and the proposal for, I guess, like a bike skills park or something in it. Do you want to talk a little bit about that proposal?
2: Absolutely. So, in the Military Reserve, which most people who have been here for any length of time are at least familiar with, uh, this is near the old Fort Boise on the east side of downtown the current proposal is to take the dog park which right now is essentially uh, an open sandy area this is a a flood pool so in case uh, flooding comes down uh willow creek area we have a place for that water to go so the proposal is to change out move the dog park upslope just a little bit and where the current dog park is have a bike skills park. This will include a couple of pump tracks which uh, are small circular connected tracks uh, that kids can work on uh, their bike skills on along with a few trails. These are very short trails that are primarily focused on our younger uh, user groups and newer mountain bikers. There's been a little bit of controversy on this park. Unfortunately, I was not privy to the initial planning process. Uh, So we've tried to work that out with a couple of the opponents of the group. As it stands, the, the park is moving forward, Parks and Rec has approved a master plan, and we just want to make sure that we create a facility that is the best for Boise and for the neighborhood.
1: Great. Um, Why is it important to have a a place like for this bike skills for younger users to kind of develop their skills? Well,
2: we have a rather difficult situation here in Boise. We have trails that are great for beginners. There's not a lot of rocks. Uh, The grades are not terribly steep. The problem is they're really hard to get to for people who are beginning because that the cost of entry as far as gravity goes. It's really hard to climb up to where most of the trails are. <laughs> so somebody who's starting out, especially somebody who's younger, it really will just wipe them out to get up to where they can really let it loose and go. So a bike skills park like this allows somebody who is just getting started in mountain biking who maybe hasn't developed the fitness yet to develop the necessary skills as they develop that fitness. We also have a a really fantastic Uh, organization here the Idaho Interscholastic Cycling League. This is junior high and high school mountain bike racing. Uh, This is going to be a great place for those younger kids, those middle school kids to go and learn how to be mountain bikers and learn how to handle their bikes so that they or other trail users don't get hurt.
1: Interesting. You were mentioning diversity and inclusion before, and it sounds like this would be a way to make getting started in mountain biking a little more accessible.
2: Absolutely. It's one thing for uh, boys to have the idea that they can go out and rough and tumble. What we're trying to do is to make sure that the girls who are getting started understand that they have every bit of physical capacity to go out there. I have We have a couple of board members uh, on our board of directors who are very, very fast women on bikes who can beat the pants off of most men that I know. <laughs> so having a, a facility like this to allow girls to stretch the boundaries in a relatively safe place and get to learn that they have every bit of ability And right to be out on the trails as the boys
1: that's really interesting i know i I study women in politics and one thing we know is that having women involved in like competitive sports or other activities in junior high and high school can really put them on a path to leadership down the road so that's i think a really interesting focus for your group
2: absolutely representation is very very important Uh, we have uh, we are working towards a 50 50 split of men and women on our board of directors, which again, representation is so important. Uh, We have one pro racer uh, who has just joined our board and she is fantastic. And she is such a great role model for young women in our community. We will also be having a women's mountain bike summit later this year that I'm trying to put together. I have a few uh, women Uh, professional racers and community leaders from around the country that I'm trying to bring to Boise to really be guideposts for young women and girls who are just getting into the sport to show them that there is a place for them.
1: That's fantastic, and I assume by later this year you mean next year.
2: Pardon me. Yes, 2019. I'm <laughs> like, already I'm already working ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming at this point an organization's <laughs> really thinking about you know 2019, not 2018. Absolutely. <laughs> Which not is,
2: working on 2020 yet.
1: Okay, well, you know, at least someone's not thinking that far ahead <laughs> yet. So, are there any other community projects that uh, your that Swim working on?
2: There are. We have. Uh, with the Idaho Interscholastic Cycling League, they have decided to expand beyond just mountain bike racing into adventure riding, which is a little bit more for kids who are not necessarily into competition. And one of the programs that we're really excited about is GRIT, Girls Riding Together. So again, this will be part of the Women's Mountain Bike Summit in 2019. And it's really just a a focus to have uh, girls riding in groups so that they can just Hang out together, uh, having women ride leaders, uh, having women who are teaching their clinics. Uh, we do believe that that's a really important step to get more women out there on bikes. Yeah, uh,
1: absolutely. That sounds like a great program.
2: And we're we're working on doing their, the IICL state championships uh, here in Boise. But we'll
0: we'll talk about that later. <laughs>
1: okay, sounds good. Luke, any questions that you have, kind of generally? Uh,
0: yeah. So uh, I find the the kind of approach to, to bringing women into this to be very kind of interesting and, and certainly uh different. So is there a, are there a lot of organizations nationally that are that are seeing mountain biking in the same lens, or or is uh, Swimba just kind of an outlier, or, or should I say uh, an innovative leader in this area?
2: Well, we have a number of advocacy groups around the country that are starting to come around on needing to have more diversity in, in our trail user groups. So uh, the San Diego Mountain Bike Association, uh, Mountain Bikers of Santa Cruz are two other organizations that I'm working with uh, to sort of plan out our strategy for getting more diverse crowds out on on bikes. But I, I think that we're doing a pretty innovative job here here in Boise. Uh Southwest Idaho Mountain Bike Association I believe really is the cutting edge of making sure that we diversify our user group as much as possible.
0: So Previously, uh, with women, I guess men have always been, and correct me if I'm wrong, men are the the majority of mountain bikers. Is the main barrier for women to get involved the fact that they just are never told uh, that they should get involved or that they don't see female role models there? Is is that the the primary barrier? Absolutely. We have a problem
2: I've worked in the bike industry for about 25 years. So we have a little bit of a problem with the concept of shrink it and pink it. Uh, Thinking, and that's a, (laughs) sorry, a little jargon term, that's generally used that you just take uh, men's stuff, you shrink it and you paint it pink, Uh. and that's (laughs) what you throw out for the few women who might want to get into it. So there's a representation problem. There's also an industry-wide image problem. We have not, as an industry, focused on catering towards women, opening the doors for them. Uh, This is something that uh, we've seen in every sport, that once you open those doors, you really get to see some amazing athleticism. Uh, I'm thinking uh, personally of tennis uh, with the Williams sisters. Now this has gone back to one of my personal heroes, Billie Jean King, and showing that women were every bit as good as men. It's been a very, very long road to get to where we are with the Williams sisters. There are still some serious problems, but we have a, a, a way forward. We have light at the end of the tunnel within the cycling community and with mountain biking in particular
1: well that's fantastic to hear about the innovative things that Swimba's doing here in the treasure valley we're going to take a break um, and then when we come back we're going to talk about growth and advocacy and some other topics
2: we are the frequency that doesn't seem real trust us we're real we are the unique people of radio boise krbx 93.5 and 89.9 fm
0: so we're back with the big tent and i've uh, been talking about mountain biking and recreation and so here's the uh, pressing question the burning question in boise and it comes in in every segment that we talk about how does the growth and the explosion of people in the treasure valley uh, affect what you're talking about when when it comes to mountain biking and recreational use don't use the term burning burning's bad
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so uh we're growing at a massive rate we're one of the fastest growing cities in the country nothing's going to change that we have so much to offer for people around the country to want to move here we have a a burgeoning economic community here we have a beautiful lifestyle here people are moving here we can't stop that what we can do is change what we're offering for people by spotlighting our recreational opportunities by spotlighting our fabulous foothills trail system we can invite people who care about the same things that we care about. We can bring in people who want to make sure that we continue to put aside that $10 million levy uh, to make sure that we protect our open space, to make sure that our foothills are here for our kids, for our grandkids, for our great grandkids.
1: And what are some challenges that have been faced recently with keeping trails accessible and being able to to use them?
2: Well, we have a couple of things. Uh, the biggest is uh, private development. <coughs> so our foothills are a patchwork of different property lines. We have private property. We have BLM land. We have uh forest service land we have land that's been purchased and set aside by the city of boise we have land that's been set aside by land trust of the treasure valley sometimes it can be really really difficult to figure out where those lines are so you will have occasionally someone who will purchase a a private parcel that has had an easement through it Uh, all of these are revocable easements so where a trail may go through today when that property changes hands there's absolutely nothing that will stop uh, that property owner from deciding not to allow trail access through there so that's been one of our big challenges is making sure that the, the public land stays public and private land we need to work with those property owners and property managers to make sure that as good stewards that we continue to have those easements and that access
1: Sure. Well, and I imagine part, you know, it's kind of can be challenging for users to know when they're getting to private land. And I know that you know we had the trespassing bill pass the spring in the legislature to try to better identify things. But it sounds like it'd be kind of difficult at times to even be able to clearly identify if there's questions about where lines are.
2: It's yes, it's it absolutely is difficult. I've spoken with uh, land managers who weren't really sure where the property lines were on areas that they managed. It's, it's a very interesting dynamic here in Idaho. Most private property owners, if there's been uh, access to their property for some time, really view it unofficially as a public good and generally are hands off with it. Uh, at most, uh, for example, with Ridge to Rivers, when they gain an easement through private property it's signed that this is a revocable trust that uh, the landowner could decide to close it off at any time this is the this, this signage really is uh, more to make sure that people are good stewards and don't ruin it for the rest of us but it's a it's a challenge to know where those lines are
1: Sure, yeah, it sounds like it. It also sounds like, you know, part of your organization, you've mentioned several times, advocacy. Um, Do you kind of, how do you you try to utilize your membership as like an advocacy base?
2: That's really one of the things that is underutilized, in my opinion. Uh, We're a pretty big voting block, So we're trying to unify the voices of mountain bikers throughout the Treasure Valley, in order to show landowners, in order to show show uh, property managers, in order to show uh, different government organizations that, hey, we're here. There's a lot of us. And it would probably be in everybody's best interest if we all got along well.
1: Of course. That yeah, sounds good. Well, if, if, if listeners want to learn more about Swimbo, where, where might you direct them to?
2: Well, first of all, we would love them to come and visit us at swimba.org s-w-i-m-b-a.org uh, you can join swimba for only 25 dollars a month for individuals 40 for families uh, we also invite you to, to join our social media uh, swimba as a fan group on facebook and swimba underscore trails on instagram
1: awesome well thank you so much for joining us today carlos it's been great to learn more about swimba and mountain biking in the community
0: thank you so much for having me And so that has been the big tent for today. Um, I'd like to thank my co-host Jackie, and this has uh, been Luke Fowler, and we're colleagues of the School of Public Service at Boise State. And talk to you next week.